Reader's Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to August. To all those Leos out there, happy birthday. (laughs) It's my birthday month, too. Um, (laughs) I'm so excited that you are tuning in today. And whether you're listening live or listening later, you're in for a treat. Because today, we're going to be chatting with historical author Mac Little. And she's got a couple of books out that I'm really interested in chatting about. So if you have not met her before or read her work, I will read her bio here so that you can get to know her. Mac Little grew up in the Deep South and has accumulated a vibrant experience, which she often emulates in her storytelling. Her studies in international politics and service in the Army have given her impressive perspectives to bring to her novels, new layers of intrigues and twists, which are all quite prevalent in her latest novel that we're going to chat about today, Daughter of Hades. You can learn more at her website, and I put a link to her website right there on the Blog Talk site, so you can click that link anytime to sign up for her newsletter and see what else she's up to and find out when that next book comes out. So, without any further delay, Mac, are you there? Hi, I'm here. How are you doing? I'm good. How about you? I We were having all kinds of technical difficulties beforehand, but I hope everything's working now. You hear me Okay. Yes, I hear you great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, do you want to tell everybody a little bit about Daughter of Hades? Uh, sure. Um, Daughter of Hades is a historical romance at, at its core. It's historical fiction. I, I try to be authentic with uh, the history used in this story. It's about an enslaved young woman named Denny who, along with her brother, escapes captivity in Barbados on a buccaneer ship called the Hades, where she meets and falls in love with a Chinese-born sailor. At the same time, uh, two Huguenot French boys leave France, um, escaping religious persecution, and they end up in the Caribbean as indentured servants. And... All these lives come together and form a swashbuckling pirate adventure. Ah, I love that. I actually write an immortal pirate series, so I'm I'm very heavily into pirates. Um, <laughs> what led you to write a pirate book? A teenage fantasy, I guess. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've always, when I was a teenager, I was like really into the historical romances, the bodice ripping uh, stories, and you know, I kind of grew out of it, out of the genre, uh, and because you know my my reading taste, I guess, evolved, developed, and then and then came along Outlander, where she missed. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, prosaic, I mean, a really beautiful narrative, and it's also historically correct, but had a passionate love uh, love story at the core. Uh, I was like, oh, wow, you know, this can be done. This is is my kind of romance novel, you know, for a a mature reader, I guess. And so um, I just thought, I just set out to write a book that I wanted to read with, uh, 
you know, with more diversity to show the, the diversity of the period and the area, a lot of people tend to leave that out. They they tend to forget that this was a culturally rich area. I mean, there so many cultures intersected uh, in the Caribbean right. around this time. Yeah, for sure. And that mm-hmm. that piracy, for the most part, was, you know, one of the first democratic um <laughs> democratic communities where everyone got a vote and everyone got you know an equal share of the of the spoils and all that kind of thing so it was a unique um unique for its time period you know no monarchs everybody got to vote for the captain all that kind of stuff right and it it was uh, an answer to an unfair economic system uh they were True. taxing and uh, the navigation acts prevented the English uh, from, you know, buying the goods they needed from other sources and taxing what they could get to high heavens. So the pirates offered them a, a way to get the their necessities, the things they wanted, without having, you know, having to pay an exorbitant tax on it. Right. I I have to I have to ask. Have you watched Black Sails yet? Oh my God! I am obsessed with black sales. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I am obsessed, and and you know, and my love for that television show is, you know, it kind of directed, guided my hand when I was writing Daughter of Hades because I love the grittiness of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I love how, yeah, how bawdy it was, but it had, you know, really serious themes going on, uh, you know, in the storyline. And I was like, oh, yeah. And, um, you know, and this is, it, it also um, reacquainted me with the Maroons and how they played such a large part in the politics mm-hmm. and, you know, in the past. And I wanted to explore that. So the daughter of Haiti centers around a community of Maroons in Jamaica. However, the time period that I set them in is this is in the seventeenth century, so it's a little it's a little bit prior to uh the British invasion of Jamaica. So the Maroon communities wouldn't have been that large. Uh, in my time period, but there were some people there that really didn't uh, grow, become that much larger until the British invaded Spain, uh, invaded Jamaica, and uh, and the Spanish released all the enslaved persons to the hills to cripple the British economically. I'm sorry, wow. it's going too long. No, no, I I find it I find it fascinating because I'm I'm really, like I say, I'm I'm very interested in in pirates. And for everyone out there who loves black sails, here is another another book for you to grab, um, Daughter of Haiti. Yes, uh, my God, is this going to be? It, when it went off the air, I wanted more of that story. So this, right? I, I might say more than Outlander, Black. Was my impetus for writing this book because I wanted to continue that story. Yeah, I love that. Is it going to be a series or is it just a standalone? 
It's a series. Um, a novella is coming out in the, the spring of next year where one of, one of the characters really captured my imagination, so I just went ahead and wrote a story surrounding him, and that's going to be out in the spring. Ah, it's, um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so his name is Badu. I kind of loosely based his character on a couple of um, 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 people, historical figures. One is Black Caesar. He was uh, a black mm-hmm. pirate, pirate on Blackbeard's uh, ship, and uh, right. Busa, who led the revolution, or uh, uh, led a revolution in Barbados. And my character's name is Badu, and I and in the novella we look at his life in pre-colonial Africa, and his as he attempts to escape the island of Barbados. So. Ah, exciting. Well, I wanted to ask you, too, that you have another book out that's more urban fantasy and magical, and now you have historical. So do you see parallels between the two, or do you want to keep writing in both genres, or what's your plan? Um, Actually, there's – actually, we have to put – our books in the category for, you know, Amazon and the book sellers. But really my urban fantasy is what, you know, kind of led me to my historical fiction. My urban fantasy deals with um, vampires and the source of the main character's powers, which is um, ancient Yemen and Ethiopia and um, Jerusalem and I wrote a whole narrative looking at the politics and the history and the the folklore that section. And so, since Daughter of Hate, I mean, since Progeny was set in the present as well as the the, the past, you know, I, I kind of want to get write a novel that was that was completely submerged submerged in the in the past. So that that's what led me to write Daughter of Hades because I. I got off on the research and the history and all the things that you know <laughs> we missed. And also at you know in the vampire novel there is a romance <laughs> at the core just like right. you know, any other thing and I mean they're they're very similar. It's just you know I have vampires in one and in Daughter of Hades I have a witch. <laughs> Oh, nice. And will there be more of its progeny, right, is the first book of the urban fantasy? Uh, Yeah. Right now I'm moving my collection uh, over to uh, a new publisher. So it's going to be out of print for for a while until we can can get get her up on the new um, um, publishing site. Oh, okay. but I I plan I it, the the series is pretty much written. It's just uh, just you know going through a little transition right now. Wow! So <laughs> will there be more of the urban fantasy then? You've already written them. Oh yes, absolutely. Ah, yeah, exciting. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I was poking around on your website, and I saw for your for your day job, you travel a lot over to Europe, and you have lots of you know things about France. And do you have any other historical time periods that you're dreaming about writing about? Uh, I I I'm very interested in um, Asia, ancient. Um, China and India. I sometimes I wonder if I if if I'm equipped to write um, that history since it's not a part of mine. I I'm wondering if I'll be able to capture the I don't know the the sensibilities of it, but that's right. something I want to write about. Um, I'm I'm now considering writing. I think I think my way in will be uh, looking at the the Asian presence in Mexico around the 1500s and and you know beyond, and and write from it, write about it from that angle, I suppose. So, so yeah, is, that's, is that what? Mm-hmm. Is is that what you're working on next? Is that going to be your next historical novel, or is there the yeah? What's next for you? It, ah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's actually it's just a seed right now. I I don't, but I'm definitely uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I'm going to pursue it. But right now I'm finishing up um, book two for Daughter of Hades, and. Um, Hopefully that will be out in, in in the next couple of years. But yeah, I'm finishing that one up and getting ready to hand it off to the publisher. So oh, yeah, we're gonna continue. Yeah, we're gonna continue Daughter Hades. There's so many ways we can go with with that story. Oh, that's exciting. And our our listeners are always really interested in what your journey looks like for you. Um, you've been all over the world, it sounds like, with the military, and you work it with a medical background. So when did you decide, I want to write novels, and how did you go about getting them published? What was your journey like? Okay, so I've, always, I've wanted to be a writer since I was 12 years old, and um, I – that was my whole impetus for going to college. I majored in English, and um, there was nothing else I wanted to be, but then life got in the way. I, I graduated college, and there was nothing you can do with an English degree but teach, right? So right. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't afford to go back to graduate school, so I joined the Army so I could get a scholarship for graduate school. And then I got my... Wow. Degree in library science. I got married, had a baby. All this time I wasn't writing, but I wanted to. I had a kernel of a story, but, you know, I just couldn't finish it. And Mm -hmm. so finally, yeah, so finally I found the writing community in Houston, the Houston Writers Guild, and that's what got me on the track to becoming a serious writer. Um, I uh, joined a critique group. And they forced me to have accountability. I had to have ten pages every week. And <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, and they 
let me know what was, you know, trite and, you know, and all the pitfalls of, you know, of storytelling and help me to avoid them. And, you know, 10 pages by 10 pages, I had my book finished. And um, after that, I just sent out my manuscript to uh, agents, and there were some small press that were, you know, accepting manuscripts, and I got lucky with a small press, um, Elysian Press, and they took a chance on me, and I got my first book published. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, yeah. So that's basically, you know, how I got Daughter of Hades. I found a a small press that wanted to uh, take a chance on Daughter of Hades, and, and... there it is. I still don't have an agent. <laughs> so Yeah, but, you know, publishing has changed so much, you don't really have to have one anymore. I used to have one, and now I don't because I publish so much indie. I, I, I still have a publisher, but I publish so much indie that I, I don't have an agent anymore, so I went the opposite way. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I'm, at this point, I don't know what they're for. It's, except for I would love to, I think I might want to agent if I went to, like, get a movie option. I think agent mm-hmm. is still necessary for that. So Right, right. Yeah, yeah that would be a great problem to have, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so 12-year-old you must be having a big party right now. You did it. Uh Twelve-year-old me is still marveling that I that <laughs> I've actually created something and you know and was able to send it out into the world. For so long, I was writing stories and I could never get to the end of them. And I, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm just really happy every time I can get to the end when I can tie the end of the story up with a bow and you know, yeah. It's very satisfying. Right? Yes. No one tells you before you actually write books about the unglamorous part of the middle because you always get to the middle of the book and then every other idea sounds so much better. But if you never finish, <laughs> none of them get done. So <laughs> kudos right. to you. Right. <laughs> so I wanted, I wanted to ask, who inspires you? Like when you read their books, you go, oh, my gosh, I need to get to the computer. We're always looking to add to our to-be-read list. Okay. Oh, well, Cormac uh, Cormac McCarthy, his writing is so amazing. Even I, I, I read him just to help me with my style. I love his powers of description. I like the darkness and he can make death and all the horrors of life beautiful it just it's just beautiful under his hand um john irving is great with character um my favorite my favorite book of his is son of the circus it he does an amazing job of weaving um the stories of each of his characters and, and making a like this wonderful entertaining tapestry of a novel. I love John Irving. 
and um, I love uh, Maya Angelou because of her poetry when she's writing her memoirs. Mm-hmm. I love the poetry of her writing and that inspires me. I love um James A. Corey. He writes this dance series. I just like his storytelling. His stories are riveting and you know, I read the whole expanse series and I'm heartbroken there are no more. <laughs> so I, I guess <laughs> So, I, I, so that's my short list. I'll stop it there. <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's a good list. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if you are a plotter or a pantser, but do you usually know what your books are going to be before you start writing, or do they reveal themselves to you as you write? Well, I guess it's a little bit of both. I know when I was when I was writing uh, Daughter of ha- uh, Daughter of Hades, I wanted to write about the British invasion of um, of uh, Jamaica, and so that so I set up my story around that event. But I don't use the plot, and because I don't use the plot, my story goes in a completely different direction. So the the main characters I started off with ended up being completely different people. I ended up, <laughs> um, yeah. I I first wanted um, I have in my head this love affair between Ami and Pat, the French uh, Mar- Ami the Maroon, and Pat, the French Huguenot who comes to the Caribbean. But the story was running so long, I said, oh, okay, well, I have really great characters in Lee and Denny, and they're interesting because uh, uh, Lee is uh, Chinese-born, and a lot of people don't know about the Asian presence in the Caribbean. And Denny, her parentage were uh, is a black enslaved man and uh, Irish indentured woman, like that's interesting. You don't really hear about yeah. those kind of relationships back there. So my focus mm-hmm. shifted to Denny and Lee, and so you know that's five years prior to the invasion, telling their story, and I'm still you know working my way up to the invasion and um, focusing on Pat's and me. So I guess that's what that's what happens when you pants. <laughs> your story changes. Yes. Your focus changes yes. and. And but yeah, so it's I need. That's why I'm so happy I have a publisher and an editor that that keeps me in check and and helps me focus. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty much a pantser, and I had one book that I kept trying to kill this woman, and she kept living, and then I realized, wait, yes. she's the heroine. <laughs> what? Yes. Yeah, people and, say, oh, these twists, yeah. and I think no one was more surprised than me. <laughs> I know, the characters tell you who they are, and, you know, it, and it's so amazing to me. It's, it's I don't know, it's, it's like magic. It's like they're yes. telling you who they are, what they're going to do, and, yeah. So I, yeah. And it's so amazing to me. I just sit back and let them show me. And I just write what they show me. 
I love that. You know, Ray Bradbury used to say that you put the character on the page and you just follow them. And I always hold that close in my heart because I feel like that is the most fun part of writing. Mm -hmm. That makes so much sense to me. That's very, yeah. So as a writer, I'm always entertained while I'm writing because, you know, I I got these people acting out this story in my head. (laughs) Right, right. And sometimes they do things and you think, what? What are you doing? But it's almost always better than what I thought was going to happen. So I've learned to trust it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you you are my writing soul sister. <laughs> right, right, yes. Yes, both writing pirates, but, but my pirates are immortal, so they happen in today's time. But, you know, <laughs> we have lots of flashbacks. <laughs> that sounds so fascinating. I'm going to have to read that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pick them up, the Sentinels of Savannah. They still live in Savannah since the 1700s, so... <laughs> Oh, Savannah, Georgia, huh? Yes, yes. It was a big Are you pirate from Georgia. Fort. My grandmother was from Georgia, born and raised. She was from uh, Darien. She was born in Darien, Georgia. So Savannah was the big town. Ah, very cool. But yeah, it's a great, very haunted city. I love it very much. Yeah, yeah, Savannah's fascinating. I've always wanted to visit there. I'm from Georgia. And I'm from Conyers, Georgia, but I've never been to Savannah, not yet. Oh, oh you have to go. Yes, for sure. <laughs> You're riding pirates. You have to go. You can still see the pirate tunnels and things in um, oh my Savannah. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, you definitely have to All go. Right. <laughs> All right. You convinced me. There we go. You'll love it. You'll have to let me know. (laughs) I will. So one last thing before we run out of time is I already asked you who inspires you writing-wise, but and we already talked about black sales, but what else should be on our watch list? What are you watching that you love right now? I've just finished Atlanta. Uh, That show is amazing it blows me away it's so clever and insightful and the episodes are only like 30 minutes long so um oh. right now i'm i'm re-watching black sales at the moment <laughs> i'm re-watching that i watch it for inspiration too <laughs> yeah <laughs> and let's see what something new that i've watched that really was exciting. Um, Better Call Saul was the last thing I, I, I watched before all those. So I'm watching the 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 series finale for Better Call Saul, and I think that story, the whole storytelling of uh, Saul Goodman and Breaking Bad is amazing. Mm-hmm. I love the storytelling abilities of those guys. Uh, some people might beg to differ, but I really like American Gods, the adaptation of American Gods. Yes. Uh, and my my dream, my fantasy is to have Brian Fuller like option my 
my series and do something with it and make it some kind of psychedelic, funky, you know, storytelling. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I, I'm putting it out there for you because I think that would be great. It's been, I, I haven't finished watching all of American Gods, but it is, I think it captures Neil Gaiman's dreaminess very well. Yes. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's so entrancing is the word. I, I love the show. Uh, and I rewatch yeah. it periodically. But I do have to have a lot of downtime between rewatching because it's just so, such a, a feast for the senses. <laughs> yes. Yes, and we have to sit down and chain ourselves to the keyboard or words don't happen. <laughs> you know what? I I I sit on the patio. I have the I most writers would like, you know, say no, 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 but I sit on the patio. I have to have a cigar while I'm writing. I write longhand. And I have oh my gosh. I have the television going in the yeah, I have the television going on in the back. Um it's kind of my white noise it's kind of like mm-hmm. uh it kind of gets me into the mood because i usually watch something that's in the in the vein of what i'm writing so it gets me in the mood of it and when i'm stuck right. writing i you know instead of surfing the internet i just you know look at the television for a couple of minutes until mm-hmm. i get my thoughts together and, and write them down but yeah it, it really frees me up if i sat down at a blank computer screen to write something i would never be able to i would just freeze up and not be able to write anything i i need material <laughs> i have to write i need material to work from <laughs> yeah well honor your honor your process that's always rule number 1 <laughs> <laughs> yeah so before we run out of time, how can people get in touch with you after they read the book? Are you on Facebook, Twitter? How can they find you? Oh, my God. I am on Twitter. Um, my handle is at ZenBaby, and that's Z-E-N-B-A-B-I-E. And okay. it's the same thing on Instagram, at ZenBaby, Z-E-N-B-A-B-I-B. And uh, author Mac Little on Facebook. Okay, so everyone get in I touch would love and to hear run from out. You. <laughs> Definitely, and run out and get Daughter of Hades, and everyone go watch Black Sails. Just saying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here, Mac. It was great chatting with you. You too. Thank you so much, Lisa. Okay. Thanks for joining us on Booklights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.